Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of A Chum Chai. It's your boy, Johan Gomez, alongside my co-host, Chris Kuchar. And today, fresh off his first U.S. Men's National Team cap and ready for a true breakout season in the MLS with Columbus crew, help us welcome Aiden Morris. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Excited. Of course, brother. Of course. Hey, we... People might not know this, but we go back. We met, first met, like, three years, almost four years now. It's 2023, almost four years ago now. And that was quite the experience that we'll get into later. But um, we're going to hand it off to Chris, start off with 20 questions. Um, we do this with all our guests. I think we have a leaderboard. Our editor will put the clock in there. He's going to ask you 20 questions, rapid fire, as fast as you can. I think maybe Paxton Aronson is at the top of the leaderboard right now. We don't know, but we'll put it up there. But, yeah, he cheated, try to but get through it. He's at the top for now. He's at the top for now. All right. Are you ready? I'm just going to run through them. Let's do it. All righty. Florida, Ohio, or Indiana? Florida. Best player that you've played with? God's an acting. If you could only listen to one artist on a 10-hour road trip, who are you picking? Drake. Would you rather be underdressed or overdressed? Overdressed. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Most intimidating away field in the MLS? None of them. Last second headed equalizer or two own goals, but your team wins? Two own goals. Favorite pregame meal? Chicken, rice, tomato sauce, pickles. Um, I love salad. Favorite TV show? Peaky Blinders. If you had to let one teammate date your daughter, who would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, Isaiah Prente. Biggest pet peeve? Uh, don't walk across the street with your phone out. An athlete you would want as a teammate, any sport? Um, retire account? Yeah. Michael Jordan. Dream club to play for. Manchester United. Most embarrassing moment on the field. Um, we scored one time, and I was going to take the kickoff. All right. <laughs> Celebrity crush. Um, Margot Robbie. Solid. Do you prefer your team's home or away kit? I like the black one better, so away. If you had to pick, eat out, DoorDash, or cook from home? Cook from home. Cook from home, yeah. Would you rather have a billion dollars or end world hunger? End world hunger, for sure. He thought about that way too long. <laughs> I, was like, I, mean, I mean, I think it's a trap right there. <laughs> How much do you spend on haircuts? Um, 20 bucks a month. 40 bucks a month, two haircuts a month. Where are you taking a girl on a first date? Um, nice restaurant. That's it, really. Probably that's it. All right, time. I think that's actually the fastest one. Two minutes, 32 that's seconds. That was all right. It was all right. It was It was it not I didn't, realize, I didn't realize how, I mean, I feel like it's just the delivery of the questions and how fast it comes yeah, out. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Like, I probably spent most of the time. You were recruited from Florida. From Weston, right? Weston FC. Mm -hmm. To move to Columbus. 
Kind of how hard was that decision to leave your family and friends, even when you were already getting called up uh, to youth, youth national team playing for Weston? Like, mm-hmm. how big was that decision for you? I mean, I think I think you can kind of speak for yourself as well. I think when it comes to following your dreams, I don't think there's anything that. I mean, obviously, it is a sacrifice. You know, what I mean, you're young, you're leaving your family, but when it comes to following your dream, I don't think any hap- anything matters, and anything stops you from doing that. So, I would like to say, yeah, there's a little hesitation, but. I was all on board. My family was all on board. So it was, it was full throttle from there. Looking back from where you're at now, it's easy to say that in the moment, were there, were there any regrets when you first got there or was it all smooth sailing? No, I mean, I mean, it's hard to believe, but yeah, it was, it was smooth sailing. I mean, I knew like I was fortunate enough to have a host family here that I actually like would call my parents now. You know what I mean? I love them. Um, I still go over there every week and hang out with them um, to where like, not everyone's fortunate enough to be in that situation. Um, and I realized that. So I think it really made that transition really easy. So, yeah. I know. Yeah, I think, so I, I, I was watching a few videos of yours and you spoke about how you did some futsal growing up. So Johan and I were on a team together and mm-hmm. I know it, gotcha. it bo- helped both of our games astronomically. How much of your technical success would you credit to futsal? And do you recommend it for players upcoming? Of course, uh, I think I think there's a couple parts to it. I think it's important to kind of step away from, you know, what I mean, just the normal and just going on the grass field. And I think it's just a different dynamic. Um, and I think it also the other part is it gives you a bit of freedom. You know, what I mean, I think mm-hmm. when you step on the court and the ball is heavy, you know, what I mean, the weight of it, it just it kind of forces you to dribble. You know what I mean? It's not a ball that's yeah. going to be passed around, so it kind of gives you that freedom and that and allows you to express yourself. So I think. Uh, when I go home in Florida in the off season, like I play in these all these different like pickup leagues and whatever, and all these guys try to kill you, and it's always with a futsal ball, so you're just like dribbling mm-hmm. everywhere. And I love, you know, what I mean, it just it just allows me to focus on that one aspect of the game. So, yeah, I would recommend it to to anyone um, growing up and playing soccer. Talking about going back home and playing, do you not do you not get scared that you're going to get injured? Some of these guys oh, have for sure, for sure. You kind of, I mean, I'm like. I know a lot of the guys before I go out there and I try to ask the vibe and everything like, Hey, what's this team about? Like, what are they doing? Um, but last time I was out there, I was balling with like Fafa Pical and a couple other guys and we're just playing like me. I like to just, I'll keep it simple. If I get like the vibe, these guys are trying to kill for you, come for you. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm not just going to be a little baby and just, you know, one, two touch. So I want to work on stuff as well. So it's about, you know I me mean? just try to get the vibe, but it is scary. I'll be honest. It is. Yeah, but you make one guy next play. He's like two foot oh, tackling for you, sure, bro. For sure, for sure. I just like to be so nice with them, dude. I'll go up to me before the game. Like, hey, man, what's up? Like, how you doing? Like, you good? Awesome. That's, I just, that's all I do. But, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, me and Chris, sometimes when I go back, we'll, we'll play. But he kind of knows how it is. It's like, mm-hmm. but like, especially with certain people, like, you, they just kind of get a little extra salty if you like start showing out a little bit and they just kind of like, you know, you know how it is. For sure, for sure. But yeah, you were recruited heavily, and you even tested out the waters in Europe. Obviously, we were out there together for a little bit. But before you decided on going to Indiana, where you won top drawer soccer freshman of the year, that then led you to earning a homegrown with the crew in 2020, I believe, early 2020. How much would you say your experience in college you know, helped you grow your game now? Some people have positive things to say about it. Other people have some negative things to say about it. What was your experience? Uh, I think there's two sides of it. It was such a... It was such a strange kind of time. You know, I mean, I think college helped me so much with my defensive aspect of the game. Um, it's a it's a lot more direct. 
uh, in terms of like winning second balls, playing off the nine, all that stuff. So I think it kind of gave me a new style in terms of that. But then my overall speed of play, I think, dropped a lot. You know, I mean, I was super casual on the ball, just get the ball. I could take five, six touches whenever I wanted. Um, and so when I came back to when I signed again, it was like, oh, like this is a little bit of a shock. You know what I mean? I can't be chilling around here. Like I'm gonna get pressed. You know what I mean? Like I don't have that time on the ball. So I think it was there's pros and cons to it all. But I mean, looking back on it, my style, my game right now is it's a lot of defensive kind of um I rely I rely on it a lot. So I think looking back on it, I think it helped me a lot. So yeah. Well, would you say that you were able on in the short time that you were there, would you say that you were able to get the quote unquote college experience in your personal life? Were you able to have fun as well or was it all business? I think Johan knows me. I think for the most part, I like to keep it all business, but I mean, like I'll say it to anybody, it was probably the funnest four months of my life. Um, I mean, when you're a pro now, like people don't realize you're surrounded around a bunch of like 30 old guys. Yeah. I mean, like after training, like these guys go home, they're with their family, everything like those kids in school, like you ride with them every day. You know what I mean? You go to train, you go back, you eat together, everything's with them. So it's like this brotherhood. Um, you kind of can't replicate in, in kind of the, the professional lifestyle. Do you, uh, do you keep up with them now? Your college teammates? Uh, some of them, a select few. Um, not a lot though, but a select few. Yeah. Is there anything crazy from college? Like any crazy stories in terms of maybe things that would go on in the weight room, crazy things they'd ask you to do or away days, initiations, anything like that? Uh, they actually were, were pretty cool with us the freshmen that year because I think we had like we had like seven or eight freshmen come in so they're like and we were all like starters basically so they're like okay like we can't like mess with them too much you know what I mean yeah um, yeah but no it was pretty chill it was pretty chill nothing like that crazy nothing that should be shared on this you know what I mean <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but I, hey I don't know if this is right or not because it was four years ago now but I swear when we were in Germany I don't know correct me if I'm wrong but I swear like you had told me that Indiana wasn't necessarily like your first option like I think you were kind of correct me if I'm wrong and I don't know if we can we can cut this out if, if we have to cut this out but I swear you said like yeah I'm kind of testing out the water in Germany kind of like seeing you went with crew's blessing so crew had like you know set helped you set it up and everything but you were kind of saying like in theory my first option would be to sign homegrown and then maybe second option would be go to college is that true yeah um yeah so it was like it was kind of that time and it was like Columbus was close to the end of the year they weren't going to make playoffs probably um and just talking to my family it was a tough decision talking to my family just go to school get a lifetime education um under my belt and and so yeah I kind of we waited out and that seemed like the best option at the time oh they honor the scholarship for life yeah so that's like that's the main reason I went um to get education on my belt and just whenever I can go back and take classes or whatever. I think it's a good decision. Is that something you plan on doing or you'd hope to do down the road? Um, I think for – I'm lazy, dude, when it comes to school. I just, like, I come home and, like, I'm finished with all my soccer stuff around, like, 8 o'clock at night. You know what I mean? I come home, yeah. I do recovery, do all this different stuff. And that's where it's, like, that's a full-time job for me in itself. Um. And I think having school, I'm not saying it's bad for everyone. I know, like, I would recommend it, you know what I mean? But just for me and myself, like, I guess I don't prioritize it. I know that kind of sounds bad, but I just, it's just not on the top of my list in terms of priorities. What was your major? I didn't have one. 
Gotcha. Yeah. I took like he, piano class. He knew. And stuff. He knew he was getting out of there in four months, bro. He knew. <laughs> piano but class. That's, yeah. That's the thing, though. It's like nothing's ever guaranteed. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I went there and I was just like, dude, like if I if I like stink the place out, like I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. So I was like having this mentality and like i'm not gonna call any names but kids went in there and they just had this mentality like oh i'm out of here after a semester yeah um and then to where like they ended up being there like three more years later you know what i mean it's just, yeah. it's just funny how that stuff works yeah. so you talk about being done by the day with the day by 8 p.m mm-hmm. you talk about recovery walking through kind of what you do if you're if you're cool with sharing that because i know like you know it, right as it seemed that you were about to have your breakup breakout season after the mls cup obviously you tore your mm-hmm. acl that can be super frustrating mentally emotionally all that stuff so did that have have to do now with helping you focus primarily on your recovery injury prevention things like that or would you say you were already good about that beforehand i think i was focused on it before then i think i have a lot of good guys around me here in terms of guys who have been in the league forever and you know like they're not going to be in the league anymore if they don't take care of their body so i surround myself around a lot of those guys um to where it kind of it's contagious but getting injured that definitely like brought up to another level um so yeah i mean i if you want me to tell you my schedule uh i come home and and you know obviously dude i'm a kid dude like i I sit on tiktok sometimes and you know i look at instagram everything like that's natural um but i like to meditate uh call family call friends recovery stretch sometimes do a core workout later um i make my own meals sometimes like from the facility i'll cook a little bit but i mean just like within that it takes a little bit of time and I'll find different things to do like other different recovery stuff, um, watch training back. So by then it just, that's my night. And I just kind of try to kick it after that. People don't realize that. I think, I think people just think that we go train in the morning and then Mm -hmm. we just kick it the whole day. But in reality, like some days you're dead and training and like maybe you have boots at home. So you want to do boots, you know, Mm -hmm. you want to do film analysis on your next opponent or maybe watch your other game back. Yeah. You know, be stretching, like you said, if you want to do some extra work, mobility, that kind of stuff. And by the end of the day, like you're gassed and it's like, okay, well, like you only train for two hours, but not like, you know, I mean, you're mentally exhausted. You're like physically exhausted. Um, So, yeah, I, I get what you mean. But you've always kind of been disciplined in that sense. And I'm kind of jumping around here, but I want to talk about. Well, actually, I don't know, Chris, what you were going to ask if it had to do with I was this. Gonna, I was going to say, it's funny that you mentioned TikTok because before you got on, Johan was telling me that back in the day, you would do all these TikTok dances. You're like one of the first dudes to him that would that showed him TikTok and you would put all these dances in the drafts. I was just wondering, have any of those dances ever, ever been posted? Have any of them come out or are they just sitting in the drafts uh, collecting dust? It's so funny. Like I look at my TikTok drafts like, like probably like once every three months and just look at them and like there's probably like five videos in there ever and it's like three of them with johan and i'm just like like i don't oh, like i love I that know. though he I put me on he put me on yeah i would never post them anywhere and like i look at them i'm like bro like i just like start cringing out like crazy you're talking about discipline talking about your recovery you know doing different things i remember and i do know you're all business back in 2019 We'd, we'd obviously share meals together and stuff like that. If I remember correctly, you were on a keto diet. Jogel hits me yeah. up because we had announced the guest questions or whatever. Um, and he hits me up. He's like, oh, you're going to record with Aiden? And I was like, yeah, bro. And he was like, bro, you should ask him why he eats three plates of food on game day. Ask him why he eats that much. And so that's Jogel's question to you. 
or like are you on some kind of diet like what's good because you said some days you didn't eat like anything and then like game day you ate like four plates of food that's exactly what he said yeah i like to be pretty routine with it all um it's not like so back then i would kind of use the wrong term like keto it was more like low carb periodization um and to where it's like i'd lead up my carb and take towards the game so say the game's on saturday there'd be no carbs monday no carbs tuesday wednesday and then Thursday, I just implement like a handful of carbs with each meal. That would be like a plus one day. And then Friday would be a plus two day. So two handfuls of carbs with each meal. Um, and then game day is plus two handfuls of carbs with a meal. You get it. Um, I don't know. I guess, I mean, the thing is like I never get full when I don't have carbs. You know what I mean? Like you have a burger and a weapon if you just had the patty. Like you're not getting full. Yeah. You know I mean? To where like carbs just fill up your stomach and everything to where it's like – Everyone sees me going back for like plates and stuff, and I'm just like, I'm not eating what you guys are eating. So like, I I still have a lot of, I still got a lot of um space, space to fill up the tank. Yeah. So, so yeah, but game days, I guess I keep it like nothing crazy, but I like Joe goes watching my plates. I like it. It's good. <laughs> Joe goes definitely play watching. Just so you know, next time you, you link up with him, he's definitely I'll play watching. Eye, yeah, I'll keep an eye on him, bro. Keep an eye on him. <laughs> uh, but anyway, talking about MLS again, you know, you got a fair share of minutes in your first season. Your breakout was MLS Cup. Mm-hmm. You had a great performance. Obviously, I've been knowing what you're capable of. The world kind of kind of saw what you're capable of. Is there any kind of crazy story from that when you found out you were starting or afterwards or anything like that? Yeah, it is a crazy story for sure. Um, I was kind of the third string midfielder at the time behind Darlington and, and, and Artur. Um, and COVID was kind of like killing our, our playoff run. Like, there was one game where we literally didn't train for a day and we went and played Nashville and we won. Like, we didn't have a day to train. We were off for, like, three days because of COVID. And we all just showed up to, like, the stadium we played. Um, I don't know if it was Nashville or New England, one of those games. Uh, and then, so it was kind of lingering around. And then we ended up going, I ended up going to Daunton's kids' like birthday party thing. We were all just driving the cars around, like, handing them our gifts and stuff. Like, we didn't get out. Um, and then later that night, like, I get a text from Daunton like before the MLS cup final. And he was like, it was two days before. And he was like, yo, like, I think I may have tested positive for COVID, but like, cause it was Daunton, bro. Like they're going to test this guy as many times as I can. until like a negative came back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, Oh, sh-. I was in the room with Seabass, Sebastian, um, and Miguel. And we were all just like, no way. Like, this is crazy. So like, obviously it sucked for Daunton. That's my guy, but it was like my, my name was called. And then from there it was just like, all right, I got to turn it on. Um, so maybe it was a little bit better that it kind of just happened like that um, instead of kind of just knowing I was starting for like a week. Um, but yeah, kind of crazy. Were you nervous? Not at all, dude. I was so pumped. Like there was no, there was no nerves. It was just like I was just so ready to do it. I just wanted the game to start. Um, yeah. Were you nervous before your national team debut? <laughs> Not really. Not really. Like, dude, I'll be honest, dude. I get nerves uh, for sure. Like, I think everyone does. I think um, it's good that you get nerves. But there's just some games where I'm just so calm. I'm so chill. I'm like, I just, like, believe in myself and I'm confident. And, and yeah, I think, yeah. Does it have to do with that meditation that you're talking about? No, I think it helps. I, think, I mean, I think preparation brings builds confidence. Um, so I think I do all this preparation stuff and, 
you know, some of it might be bull crap, you know, some of it might just not work, but it builds me confidence and it, it kind of keeps me on track. And it's like, okay, I did this day. I did that today. Like I'm, I'm on track. You know what I mean, I got, I did everything I could. So. I feel like we talked a fair share about MLS. Um, let's talk a little bit about Europe. Obviously you're still playing in MLS, so mm-hmm. it's not as, you know, current, but we met through a trial in Augsburg for those people who don't know, like I said, four years ago, what do you remember about our time there? that city was ridiculous dude. that place was so boring um first of all and i was like i didn't realize that you were gonna be there and i realized you were there and i was like oh my gosh thank god like i got another american here um but that was a funny time uh because we were still like young i think when i was like 16 17 we're 17 uh, i think Both yeah 17. um and that one day when i explored the city that was ridiculous I think I was talking about the other day with someone how we just like didn't have a ride back. And like, yeah, I don't know if you want to put this in, but Joe, I was like, yo, we might have to take this bike. <laughs> Did I actually say that? I was, yeah, I was like, bro, we might have to take the bike. I was like, dude, I'm not taking a bike. Dude. <laughs> bro, I'm going to tell the story as I remember. I don't remember that part. I probably did say that. Man, we can keep that in. That, those are my survival instincts. Yeah. We'll just say that. Gotcha. But so me and Aiden, we had gotten close. I said we got close. We had a handshake by the end of the. Sure. By the end of the time there, we were, I mean, we were killing it in practice. So we just link up and destroy the 19s. But anyway, so we're out the last night in Augsburg together before you left. I think you left the day before I did. And we're out eating, chopping it up. And we, so we take a bus to wherever we, wherever we go. And next thing we know, it's getting late and it's raining. It starts raining. And we get on a bus and we're like, all right, let's just, I don't know what the hell we were thinking. We got on a bus having no idea where we were going. So essentially, next thing we know, the Yo, bus phone, is like last stop. Phones were dying. Phones were dying. Phones we were dying. We didn't have a lot of money on us. We didn't have any money on us, I'm pretty sure. Because <laughs> anyway, that's later in the story. But the bus hits its final stop. And we're like the last people on the bus. And the guy looks at us and it's like, all right, last stop. And we had no idea where we were. We had thought that we got on the same bus that we got on to go to the city. And so now all of a sudden, like, it's raining. We have no money. We're in the middle of nowhere. And I remember uh, Aiden had like the bird app. It was something like that where you could find the scooters. Every scooter in that city was dead, bro. Every scooter in that city was dead. And so like, I remember Aiden, like his phone was dying. And I remember, I don't know if I have it, but I have a video, bro. Somewhere I have a video. And I was like, we had found a scooter, but it was about to die. And I like was recording the scooter and I like recording Aiden. And I think he said something like, bro, why are you laughing? Because he was so stressed. And I was just having a I was having the time of my life, bro. It was hella funny. And he was Aiden, like, look at him now. The same way he is now, he was there, like, back then. He was stressed, bro, all business. And he's like, bro, how are we going to get home? And so we're calling people. We're calling, like, the chaperone and stuff. And they're like, bro, where are you? And then they're like, just take his taxi. And we're like, we have no money. And so we walk up to this taxi. And we're like, I remember Aiden is just, like, begging him. We're both kind of begging. We're like, can you please take us to this hotel? Can you please? We have no money, but can you take us? And honestly, it was God's hand when we got to the hotel as well. Yeah, but it, it was honestly God's work because he said, you don't have to pay me. I remember he said, you don't have to pay me. I'll take you for free. And as we were getting out the car, I for whatever reason, I reached in my back pocket and I had 10 euros and I just paid him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember it was so late by that point because Aiden, you just let me crash at the hotel. I'm pretty sure. And then you yeah. left the next morning and then I just checked myself yeah. out, but. Yeah. That's, that was crazy that was wild i remember we were like we were running down the street like back and forth and like we didn't know where we were like we totally took the wrong bus to like the wrong place and like 
like honestly like the german like they, were, they weren't very nice like no one was helping us out um and then like i remember there was this bike there and like i guess joker like you said i mean uh johan like his survival instincts like jumped in he was like yo like like bro i'll take this bike like we should take this bike and i was like bro i'm not <laughs> taking this random person's bike no we we're gonna have to like the ride of the i think i remember that because i was like bro you'd have to like stand on the little things on the on the on the wheels or something like that yeah because they didn't they weren't like locking their bikes there so it was like a free-for-all um so, Joe so was like, Yo, it wasn't like a paid it. bike it was just a random dude's bike it was just oh, a random man, bike bike yeah. chris oh, definitely knows probably something i do but anyway um i actually remember we do we had like two individual training sessions and i remember i don't know if you remember this the first training session I, I was, we were shooting and then you kept mocking the fact that I won national player of the year that year or something like that. I don't know if you remember that. And then you're like, oh man, look, that that's why he's national player of the year or something like that. Yeah. And then the second um, time we did also finishing drills and you beat me. You were not <laughs> shut up about it. The rest, I remember you called Sebastian that day. And you're like, bro, guess what? I beat him in the finishing drills, like all this. <laughs> I was like, bro. It's not, like, I love like doing that stuff like that. Just like creating a little banter and like, having a purpose behind it. You know what I mean? Like having something behind it. I know it's like stupid now when you look back on it, but it's just like talking a little smack like that. It just raises the level a little bit um, to where it's just like, all right, let's just compete. So I tried to rattle it up a little bit. <laughs> nah, but I loved it, bro. Honestly, COVID, you know, COVID stole, um, I think probably some link ups for us. I think we were both going to be involved. Mm -hmm. I think we'd both gotten called to a couple of the camps, but then I was injured yeah. and then COVID got, you know, canceled everything. Mm -hmm. We were already we had already planned our handshake for the link up and camp. Yeah, I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but no, nah, nah, I, I don't, don't remember, remember it. it. But it's like uh, four years yeah. ago, bro. But um, like I said, it's good to see where you are now. And and just going back to the discipline, I heard, and I'm a I'm a gas you up a little here because I heard that. So you played the first game at the national team camp, and I heard that after the second game, in which you didn't play, which obviously was for those of you who don't know, it's normal because of the rotations of camp. You stayed on the field for like, everyone went in and you stayed on the field for like 45 extra minutes, just getting touches. Um, <laughs> is that true? Is that a normal thing for you to do? And how how important would you say it is to put in the extra work and, and to make it a habit? Like, where did you pick that habit up? Um. So yeah. Is that true, happen. first of all? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was just like, I was, we were doing our runs. I was a Jogo, we were doing our runs. Um. And then everyone, like, they called us in to do the whatever, the post game, you know, talk, whatever. And I was like, I mean, I'm like, they were like, bust departing in 45 minutes. So I was like, all right, like, I'm not going to waste my time sitting here. Like, it's just like, give me a ball, I'll go out there and do something. Um, so that's kind of why I did that. And the habit, I mean, I, know, I think it stems from like my dad and stuff. We're all like hard workers and, and a lot of it's that, but it's also like practical, man. It's like, I know this is just one example. Like, what am I going to do sitting in a locker room on my phone for 30 minutes? You know what I mean? Like, what does that get me? So it's like, why not just go out there and just, like, find a time to get better or it's an opportunity to get better. I mean, I'm already out here. My cleats are on. Like, I have all the resources to get better. There's a whole entire stadium waiting for me to be played on. So I was like, I'll just go out there and do it. And I think, like, when I was growing up, we, I go out to training with Western FC and we train to, like, train and go from, like, seven to nine. Um, and then my dad would just on our way home, we'd stop at the park again and go train um, for like an hour or 45 minutes, go home at like, go to bed at like 10.30 and then that's our day. 
So I think it was always kind of instilled on me. It was like, whenever you have an opportunity to get better, just do it, dude. Um, so yeah. Would you say it's like a big part of your success now? Like, would would you, if you had any advice to give to kids now, maybe in your position, kids playing at West End now, would that, would you say that was like a big part of the reason that you are where you are now? For sure. hundred um, percent. Definitely. You know, I think for me, I talk about my brother a lot. It's like, it's not a crazy algorithm. You know what I mean? It's not a crazy thing you have to figure out. It's just like, like I just said, like finding every single way you can get better and just doing it. Like if you truly are passionate about it and you want to get to where you want to go, like it's not crazy hard to get there. Just do everything you can to get there. Like focus on every single detail. Like anytime you have to get better, that 1% or that 0.1% do it. They're like, who cares? Um, and just for me, like, I don't want to look back on my career and like feel like I regretted anything or I could have done something more. So, so yeah. Do you feel like a lot of times deep down players know what they need to do to get better? They just overcomplicate it and try to try to make excuses for their laziness more so. hundred percent. You know, I'll be honest. Like I hate the, I hate the work. You know what I mean? Like I don't enjoy it, but I love the results. You know what I mean? Like I don't like going out there. Sorry, excuse my language. Like going out there for 45 minutes and, and training after I'd rather just go sit on my phone. You know what I mean? Watch TikToks. But like, I just, I love the results. You know what I mean? I love the way I feel after it. You know what I mean? I love the way I feel going to another game and be like, I worked on this already for 45 minutes. Like, I got it. Um, that's kind of my perspective on it. I know it's hard. Like, it's not easy. Um, and, you I know, think, I slack as well sometimes. But Yeah. I think a lot of people tend to have a hard time working for things where their gratification is going to be delayed or a little bit farther in the mm-hmm. future. But for as sure. someone as someone who's there and is finally seeing the bearing of their fruits, can you confirm mm-hmm. that, you know, if you do put in uh, that extra hour every day after practice, that does compound and into solid results? For sure. And I think I think many people don't realize in terms of when I first came into the league, like I didn't play for half the season. Like I wasn't even on the roster. I wasn't even on the like, and I literally was just on the side in practice, like just training with our like fitness guy. And then to where I was just kept on working and I had to find a way to like, like, how am I going to beat our tour if he's playing 90 week and 90 minutes every single week and getting 100 plus touches and I'm sitting on the side, like not doing anything? So, like, what's mm-hmm. my advantage? You know what I mean? So, I think finding that advantage and and from there, it just gave me a time to grow and focus on myself and work on little things. And then when I got my opportunity, I, like, I wasn't far behind. Would you say you're a reader? Like, do you read books? Dude, I'm, I suck at reading, I'll be honest, but I love listening to audiobooks. So, for, for for the audience, I read this book. My dad put me on it a long time ago, and it's exa- exactly what you're talking about. It's a very popular book. It's by Malcolm Gladwell, I believe. It's called Outliers. And okay. it's about 10,000 10, hours. Just do something for mm. 10,000 hours, and you'll become a master at it. There's there's research on it, everything. like Touch the ball mm. for 10,000 hours, and you'll become a master at it. And I was just watching this yeah. video the other day where Neymar, I think, they did research on him when he's like playing and he uses 20% of his brain capacity in the sense of like, he's not thinking when he's playing. It's just his subconscious is doing it. Like we make the most mistakes when we're using our conscious, like to actually make mm-hmm. decisions when we just play when it's like, we know how to play. We've been playing for however yeah. long. Mm-hmm. So kind of what you're saying and kind of what I think the people can take away from what you're saying in the conversation in general is just put in that work, like be consistent mm-hmm. at it, keep going put those 10,000 hours in and I think you're going to see the results um, like agency. I think there's, I think there's something to that though. Um, I think that 10,000 hours isn't just 10,000 hours. I think it's like 
if you're going to do, you know what I mean? I'd rather you go out there for 30 minutes and just be fully focused and be locked in instead of going out there and being focused for being out there for an hour and being focused for 20 minutes of it. And then the rest yeah. of the time, like you're not really locked in. Um, and there's another book I can give you, like it's called talent code. Um, and it's basically just talks about like concentrated practice and like just how to try, how to practice and how to get better. And, and they've studied all these different, like from soccer to, to playing a violin and how, and how practice is and how you're supposed to get better through it. And it's not always about 10,000 hours. It's just about maybe going out there for 15 minutes and just like putting all your mind power to it and just focusing on it instead of being out there for an hour and you're not really like fully locked in on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Like, uh, like no knock on certain people, but you know, if you're just going to go out to the field and hit free kicks for an hour, like that's not, mm -hmm. you know, necessarily, uh, <laughs> grinding it out, you know? Um, but I think we're going to call this segment the Chum Chat Book Club because we just gave two book recommendations to the people. Uh, I'll, I'll give another one. I'll give another one. Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's about yeah, the same yeah. thing. I don't know if any of y'all have heard it. Best book I've ever read. Essentially, oh, yeah. what it's about is um, you make these small habits throughout your day. And day by day, you won't really notice the results, as we talked about earlier. Right? Um, but over time. Um, enough of these compound and it becomes pretty unreasonable to fail in your mind, right? You can think of any big goal you have. And if you project it um, just as that goal it can seem pretty uh, unachievable or hard to reach. I'm sure when you guys were kids, you look at where you are now and you think, oh, it's impossible. It's so hard to get there. At that point, you're just playing for the love of the game, right? But eventually day by day, you did the training and eventually it compounded into what it is now. And now you're there and it seems extremely achievable. And that mm -hmm. that's that's kind of the whole point of the book. At, over a long enough time horizon, it becomes unreasonable to fail no matter what your goal is. And if you attack it every day, no matter what, you eventually will get there. It's just about having the discipline to attack it, not only, like you said, with the quantity, but with the quality of the work that you're doing, but day in and day out. So, yeah, I recommend sure. that one as well. For sure. I've heard about that one. I heard it's good. Talking about goals that are achievable, probably now to you, Aiden, and just in general. You know, this is a fan question, so we gotta we gotta get to it. The US men's national team needs to improve its depth of the six. You're a six, obviously. Where do you see yourself in that combo? Do you look at the main guys there and are like, you know, I can I can compete with those guys? Yeah, I mean, I, of course I believe in myself. You know, what I mean, I think I think you do as well. I think you play anywhere in the world. You know what I mean? Um I believe I could be there. I mean, in my eyes, I know I could be there. Um it's, it just takes time, like anything. Um and I, I love the opportunity to show myself in, in the Serbia game. That was awesome. And hopefully I get more. Um, I will get more. But, yeah. yeah. You've you've had some experiences in Europe. You've played college. you played MLS. You've kind of been through the whole rotation. Um, is your goal eventually to move to Europe? That's where most MLS players' eyes are at. Are you taking it one day at a time? Or in the back of your mind, uh, do you have a plan that you're hoping to achieve in Europe down the road? Mm -hmm. I think you said it perfectly. I think. It's a little bit of both. I think it's me staying in the present now and controlling what I control and just doing my best in training every day, showing up to the weekends, playing good games here. And then I think that stuff comes. Um, so I think if I take care of business here and, and yeah, like like any kid when they're starting off their career or playing when they're five years old, like it's their dream to go to Europe. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's definitely a, a dream and aspiration. Of mine. It's a good question. And I think depending on, how people see, you know, their goals and stuff like that. You can say, okay, well, now I'm successful. Or I'm, maybe you consider yourself successful now. I mean, we ask all of our guests this. I think it's important um, to kind of see. what. How do you define success, and do you think you've achieved it yet? 
Um, it's so funny. I was asked this question the other day in, in this interview with this Columbus Dispatch um, thing. And I, I know you've probably heard it before, but it's just always stuck with me in terms of just like, obviously success for me is also like making my family really proud. Like that's what I consider success. Um, but the other thing is like, I, don't know, I think David Goggins said it, but it just, it just really resonated with me in terms of like the day I pass away and I see, and I see this guy come at me and he's like, and I'm like, he's standing and he's 5'10". He's shredded. He has a UEFA Champions League medal around his like neck and he has a World Cup holding in his hand. Like, and you look at him and you're like, who is this guy? And then they're like, this is, this is who you're supposed to be. I mean, to where it's like, if I get to that and I'm like, and I'm looking at that guy and it looks exactly like me. I'm holding that same trophy and have a UEFA champion. And my family's everywhere. They live in beautiful houses, everything that I know I did. It, and that's what I can, that's what I kind of take with success. And so it's motivational. Johan, Johan, I, I want you to define it because we keep asking all these guests. I want to, I want to hear what your definition is. Um, yeah, I think it <laughs> stop laughing, bro, please. All right. I'm just smiling, brother. <laughs> Tell your piece. Um, no, I think it's interesting. It's always, I feel like my answer could be a little bit biased. I mean, we've asked Olympians, this NFL pro bowlers, um, you know, USMNT guys, you know, guys from all over the world. So I've heard all, a lot of different answers, but in my eyes, I think success is kind of like what, what Aiden said, but at the same time, I think success is kind of something that's impossible to measure, impossible to define. That's why I think our motto is is so good because it varies from person to person and and nobody's definition is really true, I guess. There's no right answer. In my eyes, I I don't think I don't think someone can someone that's like motivated can ever see themselves as successful almost. Like you're always like gonna want more. Like what you said, like if I was five years old and I look at where I am now and look at the things I've lived like even when I was 16, if you would have told me I would have had the chance to play for Porto, like I would have been like no chance. Like I just wanted to go to college, you know? And so I think even now, like if you tell me in five years, they're like, oh, okay, like you'll get a chance at the national team or, you know, be able to play in the Champions League or win the Champions League, whatever it is. Like, I'll be like, no way. But then when I'm actually there, then I'll be like, you know, like, is this it? You know, is there more? So I don't know. I think success to me is kind of just, never being satisfied almost just kind of like doing something one day so celebrating it and then like looking to the next day and wanting more that's my definition of success like never never stopping and that i think is is someone that's successful yeah, i think I mean, that's a I good mean, way to put it no you're good you're I, good i think that's good i think you said perfectly john i think the standard's always like being raised you know what i mean like you win this and then like can you win it another time I think that's the way like the best athletes are wired in terms of like never satisfying what and what and what you have you always want more. Um, it's not greedy. It's just like you're so passionate and you're so driven. Um, and to where like I'm sure you can attest to it as well. Like after like after I win a game, like I'm pumped up for like five minutes after, and then it's like oh like we got a game Saturday again. Like it's like all right, what's next? Like cool, that was cool. Like could I have done better? And I think you said it perfectly in terms of like this the standards always being raised and, and what you're and what you're chasing. Definitely. You're always going to move the goalposts, right? So even, even like you mentioned earlier, that, that Champions League medal sounds nice now, but but down the road, once you actually get that, if you're really in love with the game, 
you're doing it for a different purpose than the actual metal. I, th I think something else interesting to attribute to that is it's not necessarily the metal that makes you successful, right? It's the work that you put in to get the metal, right? Sure. So, so saying that uh, when I buy this house, when I, when I do this, when I do that is what makes you successful. It's really not right. It's, it's more so the, the daily struggle that you go through every day that makes you the success. Only the people on the outside can see the house or see the medal or see the trophy. But what really makes you successful is winning that battle each day, each day in and each day out. I agree a thousand percent. Do you have anything else from Chris? Math. Who else do you want to see on the pod? Do you, do you have anybody you want to plug and, and get on here? Is any, any dream guests? Dream guest. Um, I think you guys got the lineup pretty pretty stacked, so I think you guys are doing it well. Um, yeah, I don't really know anybody that crazy. Come on, give us a name, bro. Everyone, give us at least a name, like no matter what it is. Could be your best friend. Could the be the thing is like like Dawson Nagby, like he'd be the sickest guy to do, but like he just like that's the last thing he wants to do on those days. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's such a family guy. Like he's just like, oh, I'm gonna go home, be with my family. But I think he'd be sweet, really interesting, like mindset towards everything. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll keep that in mind, I guess. And if he finds an off day, we'll maybe we, we can, can we will see what we can do. Keep it in mind. But, um, keep it in mind. Hey, um, before, before we sign off, um, this episode was presented by BET Online. Thank you guys for tuning in if you made it this far. Um, yeah, Aiden, bro, thank you so much for making the time. I know we had you on for quite a while, but I think it was a fun conversation. We're good to see your, your perspective on different things for people to get to know you. And uh, yeah, man, his Instagram will be popped up throughout the whole video. Go show him love on his socials. Go follow his his season. Now it's easier than ever with MLS Apple TV. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's coming off an assist last game. So I think he's going to start to get hot. Maybe he'll score a goal here soon. So uh, stay tuned to him, guys. And uh, as I always say, go find your own success. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.